Hello everybody and welcome to the One Pound More podcast with me, Dawn Hills. Hi everyone, welcome back to episode one. Glad you can join me. So I want to get straight into this. If you hear, if you hear any movements like this, it's just me getting nice and comfortable. I'm in a lovely chair today, so let's have a chat. I want to talk about the bad money habits that lead us into debt because I feel like we focus a lot about how to get out of debt and that's fair enough and I think that's very important. I've talked about it myself on my platforms but there needs to be an education surrounding what habits are formed that causes us to get into debt and actually by me talking to you and sharing my own experiences, I hope you then don't turn around and do the same things to end up in the same position that I was in. Because as we know with habits, they can be formed quite quickly, but it's very, very difficult to then break a habit, whether good, whether bad. So I wanna talk about that today, and I just want to share my own debt story, because again, I don't think many people talk about how they got into debt. They may just say I was in debt, but we don't know what had happened the consequences of such and I think it's important to just be very transparent when talking about money and also from seeing from a person who was in a certain predicament and now they're not and how actually you know life is okay on the other side it was impacted for a while but now it's okay so let's take you all the way back (laughs) all the way back I will say from the get-go okay when it we talk about financial education. I am a massive advocate for having such education in schools because, I mean, I remember from being back in school, they're bang on about going to university, getting a job, marriage, kids, that. It was almost like it was a fairy tale. Oh, just go study, you'll be fine. But there is nothing, and there wasn't anything during, you know, my time of going to school I don't know so much for now what they do teach at a certain age, but there really wasn't that much surrounding financial, there wasn't anything at all surrounding financial education. And I think for me and people of my age range, the financial education would have come from your parents. Now, with my parents, my mum is very much into this day. She is a spend a cent, save a cent kind of gal. And that's what she says, those exact words. I spend a cent, I save a cent. That is how she was raised. My dad, he isn't bad with money, but he is more along the lines of, I don't want to be the richest person in the graveyard. So if I can live my best life and do what I need to do, then fine. But I'll still be okay with my spending. So I've always been a cross between the two. It's almost like, back then I could be in the worst situation but I'd always have savings and I find that so strange it's weird and it wouldn't be oh I just I've got a thousand uh, I don't know yeah like even like oh I've just got a thousand pounds it would be like I've got hefty amounts of savings but look at the debt that I've accumulated and obviously that still isn't right because if you've got debt there and you've got savings there what is usually talked to people is that if your debt is attracting a lot of interest you should be dealing with that rather than saving in the first instance that's what the guidance is usually for people so that is me from a young age that is what I was taught that whole spend a cent save a cent narrative so I knew I wasn't dumb I knew but the debt 
and the accumulation of debt really started at the point of university education because what you have to understand is when you go to university and for those who've been you will know it's typically for 99% of people it's the first time that you've been away from home and you've just been let off that leash and whatever you say or do is all up to you no one's there to tell you nothing so in terms of money you have to navigate around that and again for many of us yes you may have worked and had a Saturday job because I did so I had that money coming in and you know with that money I did what I wanted but when it comes to university you have to then decide and navigate around right I have to pay rent right I have to pay my fees right I have to pay this and oh my gosh and I've got this left over so in the UK when it comes to education for your undergrads you are able to apply for a loan from the government and in my opinion I usually say to people especially when people are like oh my gosh I go to university I don't want to be in debt with that government loan because you pay it off at the point of earning a certain amount of money and the fact that when you do start to pay it off it is taken at the point of your tax and national insurance I always say don't worry about it too much because it's not one of those ones whereby I don't know for instance you'd feel it harder if let's say you have just got paid a thousand pounds and then the government's like okay out of that a thousand pounds I'm going to take 200 you'll feel it because you 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 had that a thousand pounds right and now the 200's gone but because it comes out with the tax and like I said the national insurance it's almost like you don't feel it it's gone there's nothing you can do about it and that's why I always say to people don't stress that too much because it is what it is you want to do the undergrad so cool but for myself personally because I went on to do professional studies and a master's before that, the loans that I had to take out for those weren't linked to the government. These were loans from the bank. Now, the bank did special further educational type loans for people who were going into like your law and I don't know, accounting maybe, I don't know, but especially for law, they would give these professional development studies type loans so you can go and undertake the training the education that you needed to go to the next step now with these loans because the education cost when I tell you thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pounds they would be there assessing your situation they're looking at you thinking we've just come out of uni what kind of work you're going to be doing well you're going to have none okay well we need to give you the full-blown like however much it's going to cost to you okay we're going to give you about a year and a half off but afterwards you have to pay that off I don't care if you're earning one pound I don't care if you're earning ten thousand pounds I don't care if you're earning a hundred thousand pounds you have to pay that off and start paying off at a certain point whereas like I said with the government student loan for the undergrads it's only when you start hitting a certain amount of money you know earned by whatever company that's when you have to to start paying it off and it would be minimum but with these types of payments like 500 pounds per month I'm thinking excuse me so without even going into the real working world I'd already accumulated thousands because of education now I'm not sitting here saying to anybody do you know what 
screw that, don't go and have an education or whatever because it's too expensive. No, never in a million years because of course it's worth it. But I'm just stating the obvious, it's expensive. <laughs> it's expensive to get to where you need to get to. So there was that. Take it back a little bit now. You're at university, like I said. Yes, you've been given this loan, but I mean, for the most part, it's covering your, your rent for your halls or whatever. It's covering your fees, of course. It's covering probably books and stuff, but things like your food, extra equipment, things, it's not covering that. So what the bank does is to give you a student account and imagine at the age of 18, 19, going to university where you haven't really seen any sort of vast amount of money for most people in their bank accounts and your bank is saying to you, oh, hi, Dawn, oh, welcome to university life. By the way, I'm gonna give you an overdraft just in case you need it of 3,000 pounds and here's your first ever credit card and that's also gonna have a limit of 3,000 pounds. Enjoy. You know, <laughs> listen, I remember getting that and thinking, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna tap into that. I don't need it. But then when your money starts to run out from the government loan and like the other bits of money that you may have had, I was like, but I need, to, I need a little bit of help. I need a little bit of help from my bank. And my spending habit began whereby I would tap into the overdraft or the credit card and then be like, okay, I've used X amount. Let's say I've used 200 pounds. It's fine. I know that during the summer holidays, I'm going to be working. And at the end of the summer holidays, I will have enough money to just pay off, you know, all that I've spent. So don't worry, as long as I can pay off the minimum amount per month, then I'm good. So I used to always ensure that that's what I was doing. I would then get to Easter holidays, summer holidays. I think I even, I did have like the odd sort of ad hoc jobs kind of like in term time, but nothing too strenuous because I was like, oh my God, I need to study and how can I work and study? Yeah. <laughs> but so I used to work and I'd have the money guys, I'd have the money to pay it. But you've got to understand from my perspective and my way of thinking at that point in time was I have just struggled as a student for that term. And now I've got all of this money, you know, <laughs> we go back, it wouldn't have been that much, but you know, to me it was everything. As I've got all this money, I don't want to part with it to pay for a credit card or to pay to top back up my overdraft. I don't want to do that. So I am going to just continue paying the minimum amount and with this money, I'm going to make sure I look good because I was living my best student life. I was going out. I was spending on clothes. And back in the day, it wasn't about designer this, designer that. It was very much your top shop, your new look, your H&M, that kind of thing. And I remember back then, top shop used to be expensive. Like that was kind of like if you could shop there. I don't know. That was like shopping at Chanel, literally. So it was places like that, you want to look good when you're going out, then there was trips to London and doing this stuff. At age 19, 20, 21, your girl over here was shopping at Marks and Spencers. Can I just tell you, me at my big age now with my whole career, I do not go to shop at Marks and Spencers for my food. And I, you know, when I think about that, I was talking to my friend the other day, who I've known since university, and we were both like, who did we think we were? Like, what kind of best life living was this? It, it was mad, like what, it's like I needed the finest food for my brain to just, I don't know, <laughs> for my brain to work and just get my degree. It was mad. So 
I was always out shopping, always out shopping. I was always eating out. Yes, I did cook at university, but I mean, I don't know if you had a break where our university was, it was quite near to the town centre, so you could walk into town and, oh, okay, we get a, this and we get a, that. And again, it's just accumulating. I remember my card being declined for half a pint of milk. That half a pint of milk was 59p. My card declined. I'll never, ever forget that day. And that is when you know, that is when you know. I used to know one of the cash machines used to give out five pound notes. And I remember not, <laughs> you know, when it says insufficient funds, listen, and you have to walk away from that <laughs> cash machine. And there's people behind you. And all you hear is do, 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 do. And people know no money has come out of that thing because you, you can hear when money's coming out. Yeah, it spins around. Oh, the shame. So my thing was at that point in time, like I said, my bad spending habit, my bad money habit was the fact that I could pay off the debt, but I didn't want to because I was too gassed at the fact that, listen, I've got my money in my hand and I just want to live my best life. Not good. The next thing that I was doing was immersing myself in catalogues. Now, for those of you who don't know, catalogues are well it's a book basically that inside it's got lots of different products so it could have clothing it could have electrical stuff it could have stuff for your house so homeware things like that and essentially it is a way of having and receiving so receiving the thing now and paying for it later and paying for it later doesn't mean that you have to pay it off in one chunk you can actually pay for it by way of installments i know this is still going on there are still catalogues existing, but now we've moved on to the newest thing where you've got like your Klarna's out there. I think, isn't it ClearPay as well? That's another one whereby you can go on your ASOS or your Boohoo and you can literally look at a five pound top and go, oh, I don't wanna pay for that now. And you pay for it in three installments. Now with catalogues back then, what they used to say is that you can pay it off, let's say in six installments, so over six months and you won't attract interest if you pay it off in that time. If you fail to pay it off in this time, then we are literally going to hit you with the highest amount of interest ever. So something that could have cost 50 quid could literally cost you 150 quid. That's like no joke. The amount of interest that they used to whack on was ridiculous. But me being me and me needing to look good and all that good stuff, I was spending from these catalogues. So I was getting stuff in. And I was doing the whole, and it used to be 12 months for me, so I'll pay it over 12 months, and at the end, had I not paid, so I'd be paying the minimum, minimum, <laughs> I'd be paying the minimum, and then at the end, it would just generate all this interest on top of the balance, and then it'd be like, oh, and I'd be like, oh, but still I can... I want to say afford, but it wasn't even the affordability thing. It was the, oh, but I'll just pay the minimum because that's what I've been paying off. And of course, what happens? Interest just accumulates on that stuff. So catalogs was my big thing. And then I guess sort of like your your late sort of like, when was it that kind of like your ASOS was generated? Sort of like your, was that like 2005 ASOS came out? I don't even know. Something around that time. But it was then where you started to do the whole online shopping and that was very exciting because it was literally like you can have your clothing delivered to your door in next to no time and I remember just spending at these places and 
being like, oh, I'll put it on the credit card. And again, it'll be like, oh, when I get paid at the end of the month, I'll pay this off. I remember getting deliveries at work and people used to say to me, Dawn, oh my God, you've you've ordered again. Like, where are you going? And I'd literally just laugh it off. But in your mind, you're thinking, uh, maybe I don't need all of this stuff. And the other thing that I used to do, I used to get things in and you try it on and maybe it didn't fit correctly or didn't fit at all or whatever and I would never return them. I don't know what my line of thinking was with that but I wouldn't return them. So I'd have a whole heap of clothes at my house that didn't fit, never returned and instead of sometimes I guess selling them on later I would just give them away. I'll be like charity or whatever and it's, it was just like don't what you doing? <laughs> like literally I, I, to this day, I don't know what that thought process was, but to, like to go to the post office is not a big ask. It really, really isn't. But it was just that spend, 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 spend there. And then just going, oh, I'll just stick it on the credit card. And then you get to a point where you're kind of just accumulating a lot of interest on those credit cards. So those were my bad money habits that then led me into debt and many of you know that I wrote a book called 50k in debt and buying a property and people go 50k and I said yes it's not this is not a title to pull people in or to no this is real like this is real so it was a combination of educational debt if you want to call it that and just Dawn living her best life and it's a lot it's a lot and for me there was a point where in my 20s, mid-20s, where I was just like, actually, I'm thinking about purchasing a property. And that was when I kind of first started to kind of look at the debt and kind of, not fully, kind of do something about it. I think I started to learn about balance transfers and things like that, but not actively activating and doing such, which is, again, it's weird. I think... In terms of my own journey, it was when I was really, really serious about buying a property. It was almost like something clicked in my head. And I usually say that to people when it comes to buying a property. Something will go off in your head and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to sit down with every type of credit I have. Whether it's card, whether it's loan, whether it's this, whether it's that. And just see where I'm at. And that is when you start adding and you think, OMG. So for me... I think if I was to summarise my bad money habit is that I'm a lazy, or was, not am, I was a lazy payer. That's all it was. I It wasn't like I couldn't afford to or whatever. It was the fact that it was almost like I didn't want to part with my money to pay for something that, well, I essentially had <laughs> used in the first place. Very bizarre. <sighs> Listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with using credit as long as you know how you're using it and you're using it strategically. For instance, if I'm about to book a holiday now, which we can't, but hey, if I was about to book a holiday now, I would spend that, I would put that money on a credit card because I would be purchasing that holiday online, but also there's protections surrounding you going away if anything happens with the holiday, you're protected by the credit card, you'll get that money back. Versus if I was to pay on a debit card, it's harder to get that money back. So I would definitely use that. But what I would do and what I do now is that if I ever use my credit card for anything, as soon as I get home, I then pay it off. So I'll go into my banking app and I'll just pay off how much I've spent. Pay it off right then and there. Done. So you don't have to worry about 
oh, but you know, how much have I got? Or I would say to people, okay, if for whatever reason, perhaps you're getting to the end of the month and money's a bit stretched and you need to spend on your credit card, but it's because this thing you really need. So maybe it's, I don't know, you need to do a food shop, like a, like a genuine food shop and money's tight, put it on the credit card. But knowing that as soon as you get paid, A, you can pay for it and B, you're gonna pay for it on that payday. That's when it can work for you in a healthy way. So once you know what you're doing and you actively stick to it, that is fine and you form that habit. So I've got a habit formed that if I spend out on the credit card for whatever reason, as soon as that transaction is done, I'm on my phone, I'm on the app, I'm making that payment off into my credit card. So it's very hard for me to break that now. Also, I would say in terms of spending habits is to be actively looking at your balance every single day. That's what apps are for. And I think if you get into that habit of opening your banking app and seeing what is in your current account each and every day, you will then think about how you're spending. So look at your current account, look at your credit card account, because usually you can see that in the app and think, hey, listen, am I really going to spend on another pair of shoes? Because I can see that my, I don't know, my balance is already £4,000 and to add £4,050, is that going to be worth it? No. So I think once you get into seeing how much money is in and out and what you're doing with it, it will shock you into practicing better money habits. So that is what I would say to people off the back of this episode. Check the monies. Money's going in, money going out. What's your bank accounts doing? If you are using any credit of any sort, make sure you pay that off ASAP. Or if it's if not ASAP, then you do it as soon as you get paid, right? And you're using credit then strategically. And if you have formed any of those money habits that I've talked to you about today, is to now just do an exercise where you curb them. And I think what would be beneficial is to really sit down with your bank statements to see how you spend especially if you're in your overdraft all the time. And I guarantee if you look at how you spend, I bet it's because of those little, oh, I want that type spends. I used to be a person that used to spend on coffee all the time. And that was something that I proper curbed before buying the property every morning. Every morning I'd be like, I'm going to get my coffee, going to get my coffee. And it'll be, you know, four pound here, five pound here. And you think in the day, I'm not spending that much, but you form a habit and then it's hard to get out of it you know, so look at what you are doing. But I hope that being sort of transparent in my own story will help a lot of you just realise, especially if you are struggling or if you are in debt, that, hey, there is a chance you can stop it at any point in time, trust and believe me, I have. And you definitely learn better spending habits. And it's quite funny because when you curb that sort of spending and those bad money habits, you get to the other side and then it's very difficult to spend. It's quite wild. But, you know, you've got to have a balance, as we say in this life. It's not about cutting yourself off and not spending anything whatsoever, and you know, on credit or whatever it is. But it's just understanding the fact that with some spending habits, it's, it's a no-no. It's bad. Don't do it anymore. But I hope you've enjoyed this. I really, really do, and I hope it's helped some of you. Or, like I said, if you are on a journey and actually you haven't created any kind of bad spending habits, any bad money habits, 
then I would hope this helps you not to embark on such. You can just have a really healthy relationship with money. I think we really need to talk about money and not talk with such negative connotations all the time. I think anytime we speak about money, it's almost like, oh gosh, you know, like, oh, da, 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 it's just bad. But we should be able to talk about things relating to money and actually put positive spins to it and just okay if we've been in a situation or are in a situation how can we get ourselves out of it sharing is caring as i always say so thank you guys for tuning in thank you for listening and i will see you guys soon on the next episode of one pound more